Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. Last week we talked about marginal advantages in your improvement, right? How to make decisions in your improvement, in your path to improvement, using the concept of marginal advantages so that you can better decide what to spend your time working on. This week we're going to continue the conversation about marginal advantages, but we're going to switch it over to marginal advantages when you're playing understanding how to use marginal advantages to select shots that make more sense when you're out there and give you a better chance for success when you're out on the pickleball court. So that's going to be our main focus today, marginal advantages, continuing that conversation in the, uh, while you're playing the game. And then in the riff, we're going to be talking about honoring your opponents. That's a concept that gets overlooked too often. And we're going to spend a couple of minutes talking about honoring your opponents and why that's important in terms of how you relate to the game and how you feel at the end of one of those uh, games that got away, I guess. We'll talk about that in the riff. So if you want to learn about marginal advantages and how you can improve your play with them, stay tuned for the podcast. The most complete pickleball resource available anywhere is the Pickleball System. Access to an unparalleled library of pickleball information as well as your success path. You can find out more at thepickleballsystem.com. I'll link to it below. Last week, we laid the foundation for marginal advantages, what we mean by a marginal advantage. If you haven't heard that podcast, highly recommend you check it out. It's It deals with marginal advantages when you are working on your game. So when you're trying to improve as a pickleball player, the concept of marginal advantages can really help you there because it'll help you get the most bang for your buck when you're improving. It'll help you identify the areas of your game that makes the most sense to focus on And then from there, you can continue building and building and building until you get to where you want to go. And remember, in pickleball improvement, there's never really an end goal in sight, a final end goal. They're just kind of waypoints along the way. And you're going to say, I want to get to this place. And then I want to hopefully get to this other place and so on. As long as you stay curious in the game, stay curious and want to grow, pickleball will always have something there for you. Let's talk about marginal advantages, though, when you're out on the pickleball court. It can help you make decisions when you're out on the court in terms of what shot to hit, uh, you know, your your margins for error and things like that. And let me frame it out for you this way. So th- do you know the fastest you can hit a pickleball? The hard, you know, the, the fastest you can make a pickleball go? There's not an exact number on this, but it's somewhere in the mid-50s miles per hour. So 52, 54, 55 maybe, um, maybe a little bit higher, but not much other than that. So, you know, pickleballs just don't go that fast. Matthias Johansson, who's a, a very good a senior pro pickleball player, and also, uh, I think he played some high-level tennis uh, in his younger years. But he, he, they, they took a radar gun and they had him hit some balls. And I can tell you, he hits the ball pretty darn hard. And he got it to about 52 miles an hour, right? So let's use that. Let's just use 55 for purposes of conversation. Let's use 55 as the hardest you can hit a pickleball. Let's assume that most of us who are listening to this can hit the ball, say, 45, 47 at, a, at the hardest. Some of us maybe only 40, right? Not only, just that's how hard we can hit it. So the question I have for you, the way to think about it is this. If the hardest you can hit the ball is, let's say, 45, 45 miles an hour. When you do that, when you hit the ball 45 miles an hour, you are taking additional risk with your shot, right? Because of the amount of power you have to generate into it. It requires a lot more motion. It requires maybe some wrist snap, things like that, that can cause higher chance for making an error in the shot. Also going to tax your body more, but let's set that to the side for a second. So you're increasing the risk of your shot to get at the 45. 
Let's assume that you could hit a shot that was a little bit, call it safer, a little bit more margin for error, a little less chance for mistake, and the ball was going to go 36 or 37. What's the difference, really, between a 37-mile-an-hour shot and a 45-mile-an-hour shot in terms of its impact on the game? If you can place, I would suggest you that if you can place the 37-mile-an-hour shot or even 32-mile-an-hour shot better than you can place the 45-mile-an-hour shot, you're probably going to get better results from the 32 or 37 mile an hour shot. And what I would also suggest to you is that trying to hit the ball 45, the additional risk that you're, that you're incurring by trying to get it up to 45 miles an hour, probably doesn't warrant the additional potential advantage, right, which is smaller, of hitting it that hard. And so when you're building your game, when you're building the types of shots that you're trying to hit during the game, consider the marginal advantage of the shot. And you can think of the marginal advantage like this. Think of marginal advantage as being how much advantage am I getting? How much additional advantage, I should say. How much additional advantage am I getting by going from shot X to shot Y? So from a 37 or 35 mile an hour shot to a 45 mile an hour shot. And then ask yourself, what's the additional cost or risk of that incremental advantage that I'm gaining? And I'm going to suggest to you that there's a point at which you would say, okay, this line is going the wrong way, meaning I'm taking on more risk than is warranted given the small marginal additional advantage that I'm gaining from that shot. Another area to think about this would, would be your shot, the height of your shots over the net. If you watch most pro play, what you'll see is you'll see when they're dinking, their dinks are, have nice clearance over the net. They don't hit. They don't hit balls that are barely clear the net. More most often, they're, they're generally not aiming there anyway. When you watch four o players, four five players, they all want to skim the net. Everybody wants to skim that top of the net. They just want to like barely get over the net. What the pros realize is, in whether they formulate it this way or not in their minds, what they're playing with is the concept of marginal advantages. What they're saying is they're saying the additional marginal advantage, the additional advantage that I'm gaining from dropping my dink from say four inches or three inches above the net to barely skimming over the net doesn't uh, make sense given the additional risk that I'm gaining by going that low in terms of balls hitting the net. So what they're doing is they're taking a, the trade-off that they're making right in terms of marginal advantage is they're saying I'm going to hit a shot that's going to give me less risk because the advantages are substantially similar to the advantage I would get if I hit the ball lower over the net without having to take unnecessary risk. So what they innately understand is there's simply no reason to hit balls that that create that create risk, right? That doesn't correspond to the potential reward from hitting that shot. And so that concept of marginal advantage, you can use it for everything. You can use it for you know, how am I hitting my third shot? You know, am I going to drive the third shot? Okay, if you want to drive the third shot for a winner. What's the margin? What's the chances of winning that versus the risk you're taking? Sometimes it'll. Sometimes in the third shot drive, the the numbers will make sense. You'll say here it makes sense for me to take a little bit of a gamble, right? A little bit of a risk, but you'll understand why you're doing it, and you'll understand the pot, the potential upside, and also understand really importantly the potential downside. When you're dinking, I'm going to suggest to you that as a rule, if you're dinking right over the net, so if you're dinking like you know, half inch or an inch over the net every single time, the marginal advantages of those shots do not override the additional risk that you're taking every time you hit the ball. 
That is why you see the pros not use that strategy most of the time. Most of the time they're hitting it higher over the net because they're playing big numbers, big percentages. And that's the way that if you want to improve as a player, when you're out on the court, what you're going to do is you're going to add that same thought process to how you're, you're picking your shots. You know, you're not trying to serve or return serve into the corner every time because the risk of missing it is too great. So what you're going to do is balance that out with um, what you're trying to accomplish, right? You're overriding objectives when you're hitting those shots relative to uh, the risk that you're taking. If you're not really sure about, you know, the objectives and things like that, highly recommend that you join us for our next class of the pickleball system. That's what we do. You know, we break this stuff down for you in a way that, uh, you know, gives you some framework that you can use. Um, you know, if you don't want to join the system, that's fine. Find a way to understand the framework of the game. Uh, we call it you know, like diving under the waterline, right? So there's an iceberg. Everybody sees what's above the water. Okay, great. You know, that's the way most, I would say 95% of pickle, 90 to 95% of pickleball players play their entire career above the waterline. Nothing wrong with that. You know, they're having a good time. Usually those players aren't listening to this podcast, though. They're not looking for more. So if you're listening to this podcast, my guess is you want to you want to see the rest of the iceberg. You want to see what's under the waterline. And that's what the system does. Um, again, it can be this, it, the system is just the best one that I'm aware of that does that uh, with everything, uh, you know, having to do a pickleball strategy, mechanics and athletics. Uh, if there's another program that you like better that you want to use, that's fine, too. But find a program that will work for you, that will give you the framework that you need so that you can make better decisions when you're out there on the court playing some pickleball. Applying marginal advantages, folks, big, big, big thing to learn and, and apply both in your improvement as well as in your play, and it'll help with both. All right, so that's marginal advantages in both improvement. Last episode, if you missed that one, check it out. Uh, marginal advantages and how you're playing this episode. Hopefully those help you out. In the riff, we're going to talk about honoring your opponents. It's a really important concept, folks. It really helped change the way I view Pickleball. I hope you'll stick around for the riff and learn a little bit about honoring our opponents when we're out on the court. See you in a minute. You'd like to help your friend or family member learn how to play Pickleball. But how? Now it's easy. Pick up a copy of Play Pickleball, A Beginner's Guide. It's the most complete guide to playing Pickleball. Available as a digital download or in hard copy at intopickle.com or at Amazon. Let's keep growing the sport. All right, so what's this concept of honoring our opponents, right? What is this guy talking about now? What's Tony up to? So this comes from a book by Coach Peter Scales. We've talked about this before in the podcast. It's called Mental and Emotional Training for Tennis. You can substitute for tennis with for pickleball. It applies identically the same in both sports. And then the subline is compete, learn, honor. Those are the three basic tenets that Coach uh, Peter Scales uses in his thinking about the game tennis and now he's playing pickleball and his wife uh, martha is is gotten to be a very good pickleball player and they are th those are the concepts that they use the tennis that they use when they go out and play their game play their sports and um you know it was a really impactful book that we studied inside the system we spent about six or eight months on it in uh in 2021 i think it was studying it breaking it down in, in a book club format uh, it was just it was very valuable and one of the things that most impacted me out of the book and that changed the way that I view the game is the idea of honoring your, honoring your opponents. And let me break it down for you this way. I think a, a story explains it best or a, an example. So let's say you're, you know, you're playing, uh, you know, you and, and, and your pal are playing against two friends, right? I'm going to call you, you and pal are one team and friends are team two, right? So you and pal are up, um, you know, 10-6 or 10-4, doesn't matter, 10-something, right? And um, 
you know, you're playing and you, and then the next thing you know, it's, you know, 10-6 and then it's 10-8 and then it's, you know, 10-10. And a few minutes later, friends, your opponents, you know, win 12-10. So you've lost 10-12 when you were up 10-6 or 10-4, 10-6, right? So you're tapping paddles having, quote unquote, lost. And I'm going to, the reason I quote that, you'll understand in a second, having lost that match or that game. And what tends to happen and used to happen to me before I really understood this concept is we uh, internalize, right? We, we, we direct our analysis internally and at our, you know, at our team, basically. So you and pal are going, what happened? Well, how did we lose that? We were up 10-4, 10-6, and they came back and, geez, you know, what did we do wrong? What did this? What did whatever, right? And what we forget about is we forget about friends, our opponents, right? And their work. Uh, I guarantee you that when you've been down, right, you and Pal are down 4-10 or 6-10, and you come back and win that game, you know, 12-10, you're not thinking to yourself, well, friends messed up, you know, they gave us that game. No, what you're thinking about is the great work you and Pal did to come back from the deficit. Well, think of the same way when you're ahead and, and your other team, your opponents come back, right? Instead of focusing so much on ourselves, instead of internalizing everything ourselves, maybe turn it back on... You know what? Good work, friends. You guys hung, hang, you hung in there. You didn't make any silly mistakes, right? They didn't miss a return of serve or a four shot or something. Just give the game away. They battled. They they scrapped. You know, they kept working and they came out ahead. So instead of making it about all about us, right? All about in this case you and Pal and what you did. Look across the net and maybe look at them and go. It's really good work, friends. You know, you guys did, you guys did good. And celebrate their victory, honor them, right? Instead of simply focusing on ourselves. And remember that that day that you and Pal went out to play pickleball, you can't play pickleball if friends don't show up, right? If your opponents, if the two players called friends, if they don't come out, you're not playing pickleball, at least not doubles. And so that's part of honoring them as well. It's honoring their, their, traveling to the courts, their willingness to play with you, right? Their willingness to give of their time, just like you're giving them of your time, right? To allow them to play. So they can honor you, you can honor them. And it's a more positive way of interacting with the game. It's a more positive way of understanding that there are going to be times where you're going to be the, you know, the team that was down and came back. And listen, sometimes you're going to be the team that was up and the other team came back, right? Not that you lost, that they were able to come back and do what they had to do. Pickleball is a competitive adventure, a competitive endeavor that we're out there doing. You're doing the best you can, and hopefully your opponents, right, in this case friends, are doing the best that they can as well. So consider that concept of honoring your opponents. If you want to read Coach Pete's book, highly recommend it. It's available to you. If you go to wearepickleball.com forward slash resources, we have all of those kind of the book links and things like that are in there. You can go there, uh, link to Coach Pete's book. And pick a copy up. Highly recommend that you check that uh, book out. And when we launch our academy in a couple of months, be on the lookout for a book club that we're probably going to have analyzing that book and really helping you understand it better. Um, it's a really good way to, to dive deeper into some of these concepts. I'm excited to let you know also that next week, I'm excited to have my partner and friend, pickleball professional CJ Johnson. She's going to be on here. We're going to be talking about the athletic pillar. And we're going to dive into... Uh, you know, specifically the body, right? And uh, and things that you can do to make your body, put your body in a better shape, right? To be a pickleball player, a pickleball athlete, 
and to uh, perform better on your court on the court and also to last longer when you're out there playing so hope you enjoyed this week's podcast go out and have a great week if you enjoyed it please rate and review it uh, wherever you listen to it it really helps us uh, reach other players and as always if you enjoyed it share it with your friends uh, personally and also on any social media you're on facebook instagram whatever your thing is tiktok yeah you do your thing and uh you know remember if you liked it your friends probably will too have a great week and we'll see you next time